Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is a message I gave on Sunday morning, April 24th, 2022 from 2 Peter chapter 1. Okay. I have a question for everybody before we read the scripture again, and this is not a rhetorical question. I actually want some feedback. So if this is something that you've experienced before, let me know. Okay, here we go. Has anybody ever gotten a gift that you did not want? Anybody had this experience? Like whoever gave you the gift, their heart was in the right place. They're so sweet. You're so thankful that they thought of you and they gave you a gift, but you really didn't want it. Y'all have had this and it's because you wanted something else than the thing that they gave you. I've definitely had this a lot. I remember when, uh, when Christy and I first got married, my parents gave us a, a, a membership um, along with a little membership card to AAA, and, like for Christmas. And we were like, thanks, Merry Christmas. Like if you're gonna, like we were like broke, newlywed college kids, and I guess AAA is great, but the thing is, if you're gonna give broke, you know, newlywed college kids like a a membership to something with a fancy little gold card, it's Dollywood passes. That's what we want. We don't want AAA. Like, okay, fine, if I lock my keys in my car, thanks, Merry Christmas. I remember when I was in the ninth grade, I wanted to be in a band with my best friend, and so I asked my parents for Christmas for an electric bass guitar, which I have to, they did get me an electric bass guitar. But guys, this was the funkiest looking bass guitar you've ever seen in your life. And I was like so embarrassed to own it. Like it was shaped like a starburst and it had black and white stripes on it. Just like a starburst design. It looked like Gene Simmons bass from Kiss. Like, and the thing was, this was the mid nineties. I was trying to be in Nirvana, not Kiss, you know? And so this was the entirely wrong look. And I was just embarrassed to own the thing. It was just, I was like, thanks. Um, And you know, and it's one of those deals where like the AAA membership, that was actually probably a really good thing for me. I think I was, I was trying to total this up between high school and college. I locked my keys in my car like nine times. And so that was probably actually a really good gift. It was probably something I really actually needed. And it turned out that the bass was like, it was like a really, really good guitar, even though I was embarrassed to own it. And isn't that the way it is sometimes? Like the gift you didn't want because you wanted something else was actually a really good gift. And you actually really kind of needed it. I think that happens to us quite a bit. I want to look for a few weeks at the first chapter of the letter of 2 Peter. Um, And the reason is because I just, uh, for the past few weeks, I've just been kind of reading through it over and over again. And I think it's kind of amazing. But also, like, I, I have this suspicion, and I don't know if this is everybody, but I know for a fact this is me. Most of my life, most everything that I hear about from the Apostle Peter, from the 12 disciples, um, is, you know, some kind of collection of his, the worst moments of his life, like the most embarrassing, the, the worst things that he ever did, like, you know, like the two and a half years that he was walking around and hanging out with Jesus. It's that when he was young and hot-headed, loose cannon, shoving his foot in his mouth every five seconds, and that's most of the stuff we hear about from Peter, right? But the thing is, is that guy, he grew up. And he got softer and he got more mature and he got amazing. And he became this person who met a lot of people and led a lot of people to Jesus and, and, and just led a lot of people for the rest of his life. And he became this amazing person. And then at the end of his life, he wrote these two little letters at the end of the New Testament. And I want to look at those. 
I want to look at 2 Peter in particular. The last thing that he ever wrote, and in fact, he says this is like the end of his life. Like he knows that he's about to lay his life down. After Jesus rose from the dead, he met with his, his guys um, about a week after the resurrection. And he told Peter, when you are an old man, people are going to lead you where you don't want to go. And you're going to lay down your life for me. And Peter knew that this was it. He was an old man now. He had lived this whole life, walked with Jesus for a long time. He had grown and changed and softened and everything. And he wrote this letter at the end. This is kind of like... It's kind of his swan song. It's kind of his, like the speech he's giving at his retirement party. And that's such a cool thing because you get to see how he's grown and all these kind of different things that have happened to this guy. I was thinking about um, when we had Potsy's retirement party and we finally put the mic in his hand and everybody's like, speech, speech. And you're wondering, is he going to give us this big speech? And he did the most Potsy thing ever, which is he told us somebody we should pray for because they were having a hard time. And so we all stopped in the middle of his retirement party, in the middle of his retirement party and prayed for somebody else, which was the most Potsy thing of all time. And I think we're going to find who this guy is in the midst of his his going away party, his retirement speech, what does he care about? He's writing to these people who love Jesus, who he loves and cares about, and he's saying to them, guys, I'm almost done. I'm almost done, and I've got to tell you something. There is something that I care about so much, and I wanna make sure that you have it down, I wanna make sure you have it right, and I wanna make sure you pass it on. Because there are gonna be some people who come into this thing who tell you some messed up, wacky, wrong stuff about Jesus, and it is super, super important that you have this down, and you have it right, and you pass it along. Now, um, the verses that Emily and Christy read for us, we're gonna read those again here in a second. But one thing that's interesting to me is in four verses, which make up three sentences, this dude repeats himself a lot, like a lot, a lot, which I know is like an old man thing. And my dad does it all the time. Like every story he tells, we're like, do you want us to finish it, dad? And he's like, I know, I know, but I, let, let me just tell it one more time. You know, and, and I've started to do it too. I'm not anywhere near as old as dad is, but I do this thing now where I start a story slowly and then I look into my kids' eyes to see if they've started rolling their eyes. And if they haven't started rolling their eyes, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to press on. I'm going to go ahead and finish this one. Apparently I haven't told it 16 times yet. So, you know, repeating yourself a lot is, it's an old man thing, but it's also a teacher thing. It's also a teacher thing, and I feel like when a teacher repeats themselves, it's time to pay attention, because it's probably going to be on the final, right? And also, when somebody repeats themselves this much in their last words, in their swan song, their retirement party speech, we need to pay attention. Okay, here we go. First Peter, or Second Peter chapter 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Okay, so some of you might be like, wait, he repeated himself? Yes, actually kind of a lot. 
He said one word twice in three sentences. He had one concept happen twice in three sentences. And then he had another thing that he said three times in three sentences. Here we go. First, he uses a word twice. It's the word precious. The word precious, he says twice in three sentences. And it's really cool. This is, this is a word that's used a lot in the New Testament. Sometimes it's translated precious. Sometimes, like in the book of Revelation, it's translated costly, like super duper expensive or rare. One time in the book of Acts, it's translated dear. Like when it's that place in Acts chapter 20 where Paul says, like, look, wherever I go, the Holy Spirit tells me that people are after me and my life is going to be over soon. But I just want you to know, I don't even count my own life as dear to me. I just want to serve Jesus and I'll go out however he wants me to. That word where he says, I don't even count my own life as dear. And Peter says, that word, costly, dear, precious, we have something super precious here. I'm going to tell you that twice in three sentences. Another thing that happens twice in three sentences is he says that everything that we have comes through a certain door, and that door is the knowledge of him. Everything that you have that is precious and dear and costly comes through this door, what you know about Jesus. And that's super important because in this letter, he's going to go on and tell them, like I said, that there are people who are bringing in stuff that is not right, not true, not good. And it can lead people astray from what it means to know Jesus, who he is and what it means to walk with him. So we've got to know what we know about Jesus. That is the door. Everything precious comes through. And then there's something that he says three times in as many sentences. And that is you have been given something or you have received something. You've gotten a gift. You didn't have to do anything for it. You didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to level up to get it. You didn't have to impress anybody or earn it or study for it or anything like that. You have just been handed something, something precious. And it's because somebody else did something for you. He said, through the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, somebody else lived a perfect life from you. The only life that was perfectly righteous from birth all the way through death and then risen again. He gave you access into all of this. It's precious. It comes through what you know about Jesus and you have been given something. Okay, so the question is, what have we been given? What are the gifts? Here's what he says. He says, you have received a faith. You've received a faith. He said, it's a faith as precious as ours. That's actually just the word precious with the word same smashed in front of it. You've received a faith that is the same preciousness as the one that I received. And he's like, what is your faith? It's all the stuff that we, that we have believe about God, about Jesus, that God loved you and he loved me. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to pay for us. Amen. Y'all, I mean, we need, to, we need to realize how amazing this is. He sent Jesus to pay for you so that you never have to pay for any of your wrong stuff ever again. You just get to accept Jesus and belong to him and go home with him forever. That's your faith. In other words, something amazing happened for you. And you just got it as a gift. Something amazing has happened for you. You've received a precious faith. What else? He said, you have been given... By his divine power, he has given you everything you need to live a godly life. Everything that you need to please God in this life that you're living. He doesn't say that, you're gonna, that you've received a life that is going to be easy or a life that doesn't have any suffering in it or doesn't have any problems or confusion or pain. He doesn't say any of that. 
You're going to have a hard life. You're going to have some confusion and pain and suffering and struggle. But you have received through him everything you need to live it in a way that pleases God. That's amazing. So you've received something. You've received a precious faith. Something happened that's amazing for you. And you are receiving right now the help you need to live a godly life by his divine power. In other words, something amazing happens for you right now. And then he says, you received, you received his very great and precious promises. When it says um, very great, the, in the original language, it literally, it's just the Greek word mega. Like he just says, you've received the mega precious promises. That's what it literally says. You received the mega dear costly precious promises. What are the promises? That Jesus is going to come back one day. He's going he's to change this whole world. He's going to set up a whole, new, a whole new thing. All the old things are going to pass away. The new things are going to come. Every tear is going to be wiped. Hate and wrong and injustice and evil. It's all going to be done away with. And we are going to be swooped up into a world of love. That is a mega precious promise. In other words, something amazing is going to happen for you. Something amazing happened for you. Something amazing happens with you right now. And something amazing is going to happen to you. You have received a faith. You've received help. And you have received promises. You don't have to do anything for this. Jesus just gave them to you. And this dude is saying, hey, look, I'm an old man. I'm almost gone. There's some people coming in to tell you some wacky wrong stuff that could mess this whole thing up. So I want to make sure you know a couple things. One, it's huge what you have. Two, you got it for free. And three, it is super precious. I want to make sure you know it and pass it along after I'm gone. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, here's my problem and here's my question. And y'all let me know if I'm the only one that feels this way or if you're with me. Sometimes I just feel pretty casual about this thing that is super duper precious. Sometimes I'm just like, ugh. I mean, sometimes I'm really, really feeling it. Don't get me wrong. And I'm super excited about the whole thing. And I think it's amazing. And then sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel a little casual about this thing. And Peter's sitting here at his retirement party saying, yo, this is not casual. It's a huge deal. They're mega. They're precious. It's just free. You just got given this thing. And I'm like, okay. And here's the deal is what I'm not going to do. If, if, if that happens to you at all, or if you experience that some this week, I am not going to sit here and say to you, what you need to do is, you need to feel bad about that. Like, you feel casual about something that's super duper important, you should feel bad about that. That's bad and you're bad and you should feel bad. Because <laughs> one, um, that doesn't help anybody and I also super doesn't work as a motivator. Also, I don't think the answer to this is like, what do I do if I feel casual about the most important thing in the world? Well, maybe you should just clench your fists and grit your teeth and just kind of Try to muster up some feelings for it. I don't really think that's the thing either, because has that ever worked for anybody ever in the history of ever? I don't think so. I think a better question would be, why do I not feel the way I should about something that's so super precious? Can I just investigate that for a minute? Um, and I was thinking about this a lot this week, and I realized something about myself. 
I think the reason that I don't always feel extremely excited about the preciousness and amazing gifts that I've been given is that I wanted other gifts. I wanted something else. I feel like a kid after his mom gets home from the grocery store and you're like, oh cool, mom's back from the grocery store. I'm gonna rifle through the bags and look for that cereal I love. Like, is it Fruit Loops? Is it Crunch Berries? Fibro's? <laughs> why, would you, why would you with the Fibro's? Like, Brantastic? Who wants that? I wanted like Count Chocula. My, my peeps in the room that grew up in the 80s, I wanted Cookie Crisp. Like some visionary marketing genius had the idea in the 80s, I know what we'll do. We'll take miniature cookies and we'll put them in a box and we'll call that cereal. <laughs> what a way to start the day, folks. Cookie crisp. That's what I wanted, mom. I didn't want fibros and Brantastic. Like you're looking through the bags and you're like, carrot sticks, celery. I wanted gushers and fruit roll-ups. You find the V8 splash and you're like, where's the Mountain Dew Code Red? That's what I feel like. I feel like you're here with all this stuff that you got for me, but I wanted something else. I feel the way I did when I saw the AAA membership and the, the Starburst bass, the Gene Simmons Kiss bass. I, I'm like, there's something that I wanted that this isn't it. And I feel like Peter's saying, you have this precious faith. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't want faith. You know what I wanted? I wanted sight. I wanted to see it. I want to not have to have doubts at all. I want, there, I want this to be beyond doubt. Is anybody else on that? Have you ever felt that way? Like, I just want you to show me where this is going now. I, I want to be able to just love you and not have to just, you know, trust all the time and wait all the time. I'm not alone on that, Emma. You've been given a precious faith. Well, I wanted sight, so thanks a lot for the fibros. You've been given divine help in the middle of your hard life. I didn't want help, I wanted ease. I want you to just solve some problems, please. I would like you to get down here and fix this. Anybody else want that? Ease instead of help? You've been given a precious faith. You've been given divine help. You've been given very great and precious promises. Fine, I wanted answers. Answers like, when is this gonna be over? Why is this happening? Anybody else want answers? And here's the thing. I don't know if we're going to be able to muster up the feelings that we're supposed to have. I don't know if it really works that way. And I don't know if it feels good to be told that. But I do know this. I don't think we're going to get anywhere until we get honest about the fact that there's some other stuff that we really wanted. I wanted to see. And I wanted you to fix stuff. And I want to know why and when. Amen? And here's the thing, is I think Peter gets that more than anybody else. The thing that I love about Peter is that he was the first person to just shoot his mouth off as honestly as possible with Jesus. It's the coolest thing about him. Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to do the greatest thing in the history of anything anybody's ever thought, thought about. I'm going to lay my life down for you. And Peter's like, I don't think so. That will never happen to you. He just says it. Like there's a place where these people said, Lord, we want to follow you. And Jesus is like, okay, you're going to have to give up some stuff. And they were like, uh, on second thought. And they walked away and Peter goes, I've given up stuff. What about that? He just jumps in his face and says it. And I love that about him. Peter gets that with Jesus, when you're friends with Jesus, you can just say whatever you want. He did it from the get-go. And so I think in Peter telling this, 
telling us this, he knows that first we're going to have to be honest about the fact that we wanted some other stuff. And if you do, if you have the guts to be honest with Jesus and tell him exactly what you wanted, even if it's not what he gave you, here's what you're going to find when you're honest with Jesus. He gets it. He understands you. He is so patient. There's a place in 1 Timothy where Paul says, you know that, that I'm the worst person that ever lived in the history of the world? And you know the whole reason Jesus saved me, I believe, is just to demonstrate his boundless patience. Because if he could take a fool like me, he could take anybody. He is so patient. He's not in a hurry with you. And if you need to first be honest about the fact that you wanted some answers and you wanted him to fix some stuff and you wanted to just see and not doubt, not have to wait and trust and the whole thing, Jesus is patient and he's gentle. He doesn't blow out a smoldering wick. That's what Matthew chapter 12 says. He can put up with that and he'll just walk with you. I think Peter, this old man at the end of his life is saying to us, here's the deal. I always wanted, I was just always honest with Jesus the whole time and I was rough and I was a loose cannon and I shoved my foot in my mouth and the whole thing and I've been walking with him for a long time and let me tell you something, we are better friends than ever before. It's a really cool thing. There's a, like the last night before Jesus went to the cross, Jesus told his guys that he was going away. And they, I mean, obviously the look on their face was like, no, 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 no. That is not good that you go away. And he said in John chapter 16, it's actually better for you if I go away. Because if I go away, then the Holy Spirit, my spirit is going to live in you. And I'm just going to walk with you. And yes, I'll be invisible. You won't be able to see me. And you're going to have some hard stuff, but I'm going to be with you the whole time and I'm going to help you and I'm going to give you wisdom and the whole thing. It was kind of like a preview of all the stuff that Peter was saying in 2 Peter chapter 1. And they didn't want to hear it then, but then this guy walked the rest of his life. And as an old man, he's telling us, look, I know these aren't the gifts you wanted. I know you wanted to get some other stuff, but can I tell you something? As an old man, it's been awesome. It's been beautiful. I didn't want it either. I wanted Jesus to stay visible. I wanted the answers. I wanted him to solve all the problems. And I've had a whole lot of suffering and I've had a whole lot of pain and I've had a whole lot of confusion and problems. And now I'm about to lay this old thing down. I'm about to have no more faith. I'm about to see him. And I know it sounds weird, but I think I'm going to miss it. I'm about to enter into a realm where I don't need any divine help because I'm going to be in paradise forever. And I know it sounds weird, but I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss having a hard time and just going to my invisible friend for help. I did it for a long time. We're better friends than I ever thought we could have been. I'm about to enter a world where I don't need promises anymore because I'm home with him. And it's going to be great and I can't wait, but I'm going to miss it. I know it sounds weird, but I'm going to miss it. I've been walking a long time. I'm an old man. I've been walking a long time with an invisible friend. And I'm telling you, it's precious. It's precious to wait and to trust. It's precious to seek help and find it. It's precious to lean on and hold tight onto promises. These are gifts, and they might not be the ones you wanted, but I'm telling you, I'm at the very end, and I'm almost done. I'm at the threshold of even needing them anymore and I think I'm gonna miss them. Let an old man tell you, these might not be the gifts you wanted, but they're precious. Hold on to them, lean into them. You have an invisible friend. 
who has given you a place in his home. You have an invisible friend who gives you divine help to live everything that you're gonna go through beautifully in a way that pleases him. You have an invisible friend who's guaranteed you stuff that no one can change and no one can take away. These might not be the gifts we always wanted, but they're exactly the ones that we need. Let's be honest with him about it and then let's enjoy what he's given us, amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thanks for the time that we've had together and thank you for the voice of an old man at the end of his life letting us know this is sweeter than you think it could be. And the more I've done it, the more I've come to love it. Lord, give us, give us a comfort in trusting you. Give us a desperation for your divine help. And give us an iron grip on the precious promises. We love you and thank you to your name. When life seems to roll like a storm out of control, there is so much I don't know that is in your plan. You named every star and you placed them where they are. Every beat of every heart is within your Best that you're in control. 